All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another edition of Shabbat Lounge. This is Matt. And Jake here. And Jake, uh, we appreciate people stopping by. And what is it that we want them to do? You need to go to Sabbath Lounge and check out all of our wares, which are actually... Uh, we have merchandise. Not wares. In fact, they are uh, blogs, posts, and videos, and Torah portions, all that jazz. All the things that you've come to expect if you've been following us for any time. So go to sabbathlounge.com and you can click on those tabs. Uh, specifically, the Torah Portions tab is good because it has them all lined out there for you. And you can follow the, along with that. Yeah, we suggest that you read those Torah Portions and and, and uh, do that before you listen to anything else. So, um, But we appreciate you stopping by. appreciate your time to being on the channel. And Jake, we have something special today. We, we've been doing a bunch of interviews over the course of the year, and this will be in a playlist called Interviews. And so we've got a long list of people we've been talking to. And so today we've got somebody new. That's right. Uh, we just wanted to welcome Will Walkie to the program. And uh, he's a, a fella on TikTok that we've been kind of scoping about and uh, following his, his things. And so we just wanted to get him on the show and discuss some Torah topics with him. So Ooh. hi, Will. Hey, Shalom, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Well, we're honored that uh, you 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 gave up some time to be with us today. We appreciate appreciate that a lot, and uh, like we've been a been a fan for a while, and we've we've laughed at some things. We've and we've uh, shook in our heads at a few things, but uh, but we, 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 not we like what you do. We've cried we've <laughs> cried right along with you. So. Yeah, no, thank you. No, thank we, you. We, we like what you do and like your sense of humor and, uh, and, and like your approach and um, you've done debates, you've done all kinds of things. Tell us a little bit about kind of what, uh, if somebody is new to you, uh, what, what should they do? Um, I want like people to know that, you know, um, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm a tour observer. Um, kind of given that title. Um, I'm 30 years old. Uh, when people come across my page, I want them to find a lot of interesting information. And I want them to also know that I am not a scholar. I never went to college. I never did any of that stuff. I am a plumber and I currently just have my own company. So so this is all the things that you guys see on my TikTok um, in the meantime. And um so if you do see something of me where it's like, wow, like, I can't believe this guy knows how to do this or, or this and that, these are all things that you guys can do too. I am not anyone special with a doctorate degree, master degree. I'm your average person who knows this stuff and you can know it too. It just takes you sitting down, reading, disciplining yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's uh, that's well said too. So Jake and I also don't claim to be anything anything special in that regard and, and nor do we think you have to you know i think um you know that there's mm-hmm. been this air about uh intellectualism that that is worshiped today in our society and even and uh, even amongst uh, believers you know people worship this idea and think you have to go to school and have xyz behind your name before before people can listen to you and and that's just not true you know um uh, fortunately for me growing up, I grew up in West, uh, West, West Texas and a farming community. And, you know, a lot of those old farmers were, they were pretty wise, 
and uh, they didn't go to school, but uh, but 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 I heard them say lots of wise things, especially the guys that were in the church community I was involved in, and you know they 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 knew a few things, and you were wise to listen to them. So, but uh, but yeah, you don't have to have a degree behind your name. Yeah, I think a lot of people forget that. Uh, well, I I can read and comprehend the English language, so that that opens the door to a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, I, had, I did have a few questions and uh, one of them is, uh, could you briefly describe kind of how you got to Torah walk? Most of us, you know, kind of were normie Christians or something at some point. I, I assume you have some kind of story like that. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I it's nothing really crazy or anything. So I was, I, I really struggled with being happy. Um, when I was younger, uh, I really liked to just have um, promiscuous relationship with women. And I loved getting drunk. That was my thing. And, but it never fully made me happy until one day I went to my, uh, parents were going to church. I just went with them on that, on that particular Sunday. And, and there was a guy, so I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. And there was a guy from the plane dealer and he was there and he was just talking about this, this message. And it was a very basic message. It was just basically like Jesus loves you. Like it, it was very simple. I don't know why I broke down and cried. I, I I tried really hard to hold it in to the point where I just went to my parents' car. I sat in there. They were like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm fine. When I went home, I, I prayed and I said, okay, I, I'm going to stop what I'm doing. If you're out there, please just look down on me. Show me some grace. Give me some knowledge. Just give me something. I will follow you, but please let this change my life. Now, my dad was a um, worship leader at, at a bigger church. So he was kind of up there as like head honcho, you know, kind of under the pastor. And my mom always said Bible studies or, or Sunday school, excuse me. So I've always heard the Bible, I've always, you know, this and that, you know, every Christmas, you know, we're reading the, the story of Jesus and stuff like that. Yeah. And I'm reading the Bible for the first time. I'm like early 20s, right? And I get to, what is it, towards the end of the third chapter of Genesis. I did not know that when they were kicked out of the garden, everyone knows the story. Adam and Eve get kicked out of the garden. There's two cherubs at the entrance blocking it so no one can enter with the flaming sword going back and forth. I read that about five times <laughs> because a flaming sword, well, that sounds imaginary. That sounds, you know, like that didn't actually happen in the Bible. I read it. I checked other Bible versions. They all said the same thing. I was so amazed. And I'm like, I've, I've heard this in my entire life. And I'm, I've never read this. This is not even a full three chapters in the book of Genesis. Bereshit in the very beginning of the Bible, the 66 book canon, whatever. And I continued reading. And then I find out that uh, Jacob didn't have 12 kids. He had 13. He had a girl named Dinah. I'm learning all these things. Part of me got really angry because why wasn't I told about this? I'm a Christian. I've been telling my everyone like, oh, I'm, what religion are you? A Catholic? You? Uh, I'm a Christian. Well, I, the the holy book in my life, I, I didn't even know it. I just felt bamboozled by uh, my pastors, by what they were saying. Um, eventually, as I'm continuing reading through, I, I get to the book of Daniel, 
I'm like, oh, there's 12 chapters. Okay, there's 12 stories. Well, I know the Lion's Den story. I'm learning about the, the dream, these, these, the bear, the lion, the leopard. I'm learning about the tree dream. I'm learning about the, the writing on the wall. That's where the phrase comes from. Then towards the end, Michael's there. And, and I'm like, I don't know this. And to, towards the end, it was um, probably about 10 days before my 21st birthday. I told myself, I'm going to be Torah observant because reading these laws, these laws are here to benefit us. This isn't a burden. This isn't something evil or something to, to weigh us down with or anything like that. This is because we, we don't just worship a God. No, we worship a loving father. That's what makes him different than any other false God out there. He is a loving father. And just as a loving father tells us, he gives us commands to do something, to do it. And I realized this. So 10 days before my 21st birthday, you know, all my friends wanted to go out and get drunk. No, guys, I need to know this and study this. My birthday was in um, uh, August. So I'm 30 years old and two months. And so I've been tour observing for um a little over nine years and it's just been a blessing ever since. Wow. Yeah. It's amazing how, uh, how you start reading and you're like, why did they leave out? Why in church do they leave out all these awesome stories? It's like, there's so, (laughs) there's so much they could be telling you about. Um, yeah. And it just, it makes it, uh, exciting. And you're like, what they could be, if they're interested in pew filling, they could be filling them, you know, with yeah, with truth instead of watered down stuff. But I, I don't know. It's kind of it, crazy. It was funny because um, so I'm I'm all tatted up underneath underneath here. I'm all tatted up, and um, you know, because tattoos are cool and girls like guys with tattoos. You know, it gives a little <laughs> edginess to it. You know, hey, it, it is what it is. I'm gonna be honest with you yeah. guys. And uh, I remember my mom yelling at me like, "It's in the Bible not to get tattoos," and I'm like, "Where?" I don't know, but it's there. But when I actually read it through, I think it's like what Leviticus twenty one nineteen. I think mm-hmm. it is. I actually, I'm like, you're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, that is interesting too. You know how uh, I grew up in church church tradition that that believed in no tattoos, and they would quote that, but you know they didn't have much regard for any of the any other thing in the Torah, but. But they would bring out the convenient ones. Yeah, it's kind of funny how that works. Yep. This one fits what we want to talk about right now. So we'll, we'll hit you with that. Well, that that's really an amazing story, you know, that you realize that at, at a young age and a time of your life when when uh, people are easily go- losing their mind, doing crazy stuff. So that's amazing. Yeah, I think another thing, and Matt talks about this a lot, is is when you're, is that prayer that you you mentioned and how specific it was and, and uh, it kind of had an if then to it. Uh, and people are afraid to do that. I think in church, you're kind of raised not to have if then with, with Yah. And it's like, but that's how Gideon and the fleece worked, you know, it's, and it's, that's what Jacob does in the wilderness. If you keep me in, in food and, and shelter, you'll be my Elohim. I'll be your, your servant. Right. So I think that's interesting. It's very interesting, especially even in the Psalms. When when you read it, it's almost like David is yelling at Yahweh. Yelling at him in a way of like, you're the mighty God. You need to do this. You need to do that. 
you know, cause I'm just, I'm just me. Yeah. Right. And it's not many people realize like the, the, the struggle that we have. And I always try to tell people the, the story when, you know, Jacob wrestled with God, right? He got intimate with God. He wrestled with him. And this is how we are supposed to approach the most high. We're supposed to be naked. We're supposed to show ourselves to him. And we're supposed to go back and forth. It's a relationship. Just as we go back and forth with our wife, we're supposed to go back and forth with God. If you're mad at God, let him know that you're upset. Let him know. He wants that communication. He doesn't want this generic, our heavenly father, great are you, bless us food, amen. No. God, I had this terrible day at work. This sucked. It, I, it was terrible. I felt like you weren't there. I felt alone and by myself. But that you are not that God, please give me comfort. He wants something yeah. real. Yeah, I think uh, yeah. I think we put the weakness of human emotion to him and say, you know, he can't handle me being real with him, essentially. If that makes he's, sense. He's a, he's a dad. You know, yeah. I have a three-year-old son and a two-year-old daughter, and I deal with his emotions right now. And he's raw with me. And I like it, though, because I know he I know he's being himself. And how much it's the, more it's than, the, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's how the, much uh, more than, than sorry, being how much naked more in than, the garden, <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. And then it's like, how much more than how I want my son to be towards me? How much more should I be to my father? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's good. He definitely is big enough to handle whatever we say, and. Uh, I find that to be liberating too, especially if you talk to somebody that's atheistic or completely walked away from their faith. And, and when you're not, you, when you don't freak out about them saying something along those lines, they, they almost don't know what to do sometimes because they've had so many people freak out. Like, I can't believe you'd say that. And, and uh, you know, God is big enough to handle those objections. You know, it, it's not the first time he's heard it, <laughs> nor will it be right. the last. So that's good. The other question I wanted to ask you about is, you know, kind of how do you see your role in the, you know, I don't know what to call this thing, but there is kind of this Torah observant or Torah pursuant social media community, you know, kind of how do you see your role in this? Well, you know, I'll be really shocked, you know, um, well, first I like, have you guys reaching out to me? I, I was I was very happy because I was like, wow, I'm I've done something to grab the attention of Sabbath Lounge to what I do. You know, I, I just came to social media. I want to say in 2020, a lot of what I've been doing was I just was arguing with, you know, pastors and stuff like that. And a lot of people knew what I argued and they're like, hey, well, come to church. You got to ask my pastor this. Like it, it was <laughs> kind of funny like that. And then I come on social media um, and, and I think one thing with me is I'm loud and I don't bite my tongue. Um, you know, I'm that blue collar worker guy, you know, I don't try to sugarcoat something. I'm just going to tell you how it is. Um, and, and kind of like how I said earlier, I really want people in the Torb observant movement to, you know, I, I get said this a lot of time and I'm not trying to boast of myself or anything, but a lot of people like my content, like my videos. Wow. Well, like, you know, you do really good things and like, wow, you, you know, I can't wait to be on your level one day. And it's like, well, you can't. If, if I'm, if, if I'm plumbing 40 hours a week, and especially now that I own my own company, I'm gone sometimes 80 hours a week and I can still do this. You can do this too. And I really want people to be inspired of that. 
uh, if I can do this, I can have debates on um, YouTube. Um, if I can make content, if I can have these discussions, what I know, you can know this too. And I really want people to see that this dumb plumber has some good points, has some good arguments. And I want people to, you know, you don't have to agree everything with what I say, but use, use what I got and, you know, go from there. Yeah, that's great. And I, and I would say one of the reasons why you ha have so many followers is probably because of your honesty and openness, you know, that we get so tired of fake, you know, uh, the world is yeah. full of fake. Uh, I mean, just anywhere you look, uh, it's especially social media, it's it's all fake. It's people putting on these happy faces and living this happy life. And but but it's all a lie. And uh, but it, it's nice to see people who are real and honest and, and, and just are who they are. And we appreciate that about you. Thank you. Yeah. And the uh, uh, to your point, um, how anyone can kind of get to that level. It's um, one of the things that I kind of we kind of realized when we came into this was how um, if uh, if I'm going to discuss this with. Uh, and we talked about this with Luke too, how, you know, we have the, the answer sheet to the quiz, you know? So everyone's looking at the same book. Everyone has the same access to the same answers. Um, so it, it doesn't take someone special to be able to, to read and understand. And, you know, and he even says, you know, it's not too hard for you to understand. So, um, and he just reveals as you're, as you're, as you're ready for it. So as long as you keep up with it. Yeah. And That's then, good. uh, and I think Jake has a couple of questions. Yeah. Um, let's see. I'll start with this one here. So one of the videos you did, I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, a couple of my questions are going to be on this topic, I think, but, uh, so I see you go back and forth a lot with the Trinitarian people. But uh, one of the points you make is this difference between um, eternal and everlasting. So I just wanted to have you, for our audience, give a quick kind of synopsis of, of what that difference is and why that's important. Right. So, you know, us in the English, eternal and everlasting, they are very different. So eternal is no beginning, no end. Everlasting is has a beginning, but has no end. And this is very important, especially when we look at Yeshua. So not every Torah agrees with me on this stance, and it's fine. It's um, I know every Christian disagrees with me because you know they, they get a little mad. That's but a requirement let me man, almost. Yeah. Yeah. It's you know hey you know hey you know you know truth hurts. You know I don't know what to I don't know you know I don't know. <laughs> Go to someone else's channel if you don't you know like my taste. Yeah. Um. So the, the the Hebrew word that's mostly being used is olam, when the Greek is aonios. Now. In my intro debate that I had um, with uh, um, Bible Inspired Truth on Alternate Media uh, YouTube channel, um, I, I brought up some of the things showing the distinction. So in the Greek, um, we see multiple times, and I bring this up from like Matthew, Romans, you know, all over, where it talks about us, us human beings. We will inherit eternal life. In other verses, it actually says everlasting life. So I, I beg the question, is our life eternal? Well, no. If we will be given 
forever, like eternal, everlasting life. If it starts at some point, let's say Yeshua comes back, revelation happens, and we come with perfect bodies and we live, I believe we will live on earth or in heaven, whatever your belief is. We start there. That is a starting point. That's not forever. So the correct term is everlasting life. We will inherit everlasting life. It's not eternal. Now in Romans, I it's in chapter six and the other one's in 16. I forgot which one is um which, but it describes the father, Yodhe as being everlasting. And the other one is eternal. We know the father is eternal because he has no beginning. So by calling right. the father everlasting, that's grammatically incorrect. So I, I start off that to show the difference because it's the same word aeonios in the Greek. And for anyone out there, I, I believe it's like 165 or like 166 in the Strong's Concordance. Um, it, there, there's, but there's no distinction. It just says aeonios life. So it's either eternal or everlasting, but we distinguish it's everlasting. And then the father is aeonios. Well, we know he's not everlasting. He's eternal. So we know the distinction. Now, when it refers to the son, and, and this is where Christians get pissed off at me, but I'm sorry. A lot of people will use Proverbs 8.22 and refer to this as Yeshua. I have no problem doing this. Now, when we look at the uh, Greek Septuagint, it talks about wisdom being brought forth right? Or aeonios. And it's the same word that is used in, I want to say it's first Corinthians, I think 11, nine referring to men and women being created. So if, if they're going to use Proverbs eight twenty two, but say he was eternal, then that's a problem. I think you guys saw my one video where I was arguing with the Calvinist and he brings up Micah five, two, but even in the Strong's, it calls it everlasting, even though it's referring to Messiah. Um, even with, so so there's another issue. The um, Orthodox Church, they believe in what's called monarchical Trinitarianism, where they believe that the Son was eternally generated. My problem with that is if we use the, if we, all these little terms that are throughout the Bible that Yeshua is either generated, brought forth, begotten, set up. Yeah. These are all the result of an action. Something right. happened to where he is now, whether he's directly from the father. Like if we have a drop of water and the water pulls itself out where it's the same drop of water, whatever illustration you want to give, something happened. Yeshua was the result. The, yeah. the word, the logos, the memory, however you want to define this. So it's very important to where in the Trinity where people say that the son is eternal and they'll pull up quotes from the church father where they also mention this, but then they fail to realize that it's being translated from Greek. The aeonios there isn't distinguished. So when we have these words that describe something that is temporal, it, it, it it's everlasting. It just yeah. is. Now, this doesn't mean that Yeshua's sacrifice was meaningless or there's nothing special about Yeshua, but it's just a fact there. So understanding the distinction, it makes the Bible, you know, it brings it a little more to life. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the things that I ran into early on was maybe I'll just describe him the way the Bible describes him. How about that? How about I just describe him that way instead of whatever theological term you want to use to describe him. I'll, I'll say what 
he says about himself. And then I can't be wrong. Yeah. 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 And some of those terms, like you said, like that thing you just mentioned, monarchical, is that what you said? Monarchical. Yeah. Yeah. Monarchical Trinitarianism. I never even heard of that, but, but it's like people just made up names. So we're going to, you know, we're, we're, we don't know what this is, but we're going to say it's this and it's going to become this thing. And some, some, some dude just said, he just made that up. And And, and you know, I was like a doctrine. I was really happy. There was, um, there was a few Orthodox guys that I was talking to about that. And I, I presented them the same issue. And, and I, they were, they were honest with me and I was, I appreciated that. And they told me it's a mystery. We just can't understand, but we know it's true. And it's like, I appreciate that. I appreciate, yeah, yeah. you know, but yeah. just don't get yeah. mad at me though. If I don't accept it, that's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah. Just don't get mad at me. Well, yeah. That's kind of the other thing is, uh, we tend to use the, well, his his ways are higher than our ways, and we just can't know all, all, all things like he does. And it's like, well, hang on. That's the end of the conversation. You know, <laughs> that's that's not where you start. You start with trying to figure it out. And then once you've exhausted all your resources, then you can lean back on, well, you know, some things we can't really know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you don't start there. Right. But, you know, especially like with the Trinity, you know, it is one of those things where I do acknowledge, you know, I'm a two dimensional being trying to describe this four dimensional concept. And so I'm limited, (laughs) you know, in this current state to to fully understand how some of these things work one day. We will totally understand it. But but it is it is a hard thing. And And he and he tried to put it in terms that we could understand. And, you know, especially with the father and the son, and, you know, that's mostly for our benefit. So we could kind of put some kind of framework around how does this work? Right. I, I think even too, when we look at uh second Ezra, I believe it's like chapter four. Um, Ezra is here trying to understand God. And what happens is the angel gives him uh, three riddles and he's not able to solve the riddles. And the angel goes, well, I gave you riddles on things that you have experienced, yet you can't explain it. So how can you understand God whom you have not experienced? So I'm not trying to stay, be up here and say that, you know, God's easy to understand. Like, what's wrong with you guys, you know? But also, I feel like if, if I'm going to say God is a giant pizza monster, and if we don't um, offer up mozzarella in our front yard every <laughs> full moon, you know, something bad's going to happen to us. I have no proof. You just have to have faith. And I feel like that's, that's pretty idiotic, you yeah, know, and yeah. not, not trying to sound rude or anything, but, and I, I feel like with, with this idea too, it has these, it has problems. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's fair. So what, what would you say about, um, uh, I don't know that I've heard heard this argument uh, fleshed out before, but um, so we would be described as uh, eternal then or everlasting. We would be ever everlasting, right? Because yeah. you have a beginning, no end. Um, but what would you say about, well, we have that spark of divinity that came from, from eternal. So there's an eternal, um, there's an eternal level to even our being, right? If if that makes any sense. 
So no, and, and that argument has also been presented to me. The only the only okay. problem that I, that I view is so let let's say God is this fire and He takes part of that fire and puts it on you now. When did that fire start? Did it have yeah. a starting point? If, you know what I mean? Because yeah. it has that starting point, it has to be everlasting. It's yeah. It's so the, I, it's I, the, I, I, yeah. Once it once it is put into you, now you're that eternal instead of, or you're that everlasting instead of eternal being. Even though you right, have an everlasting part to you, or a, an eternal part to you. See now right, I'm mixing. I, I, I'm mixing. <laughs> no, no, yeah, you're good. Because I feel like the only problem. Um, is Mormonism per se. Mormonism might present a problem because, you know, they believe that we all previously existed on Kolob or whatever, and then we came here and we just lost all of our memory. So if you believe in that, possibly eternal, I don't know too much about Mormons to completely throw that out there, but I feel like that's the only argument that could possibly hurt me, but... You know, I also yeah, really don't I think, interact with Mormons. Right. <laughs> yeah. Plus, it, yeah, it all has to uh, work together. Right. Um, but, but yeah, I thought that was a great explanation. I don't think I'd ever thought about eternal versus everlasting. That's good. That's a good thing you found there. Yeah. Um, and then, let's see. Kind of in the same vein, at the beginning of Genesis, where it says, let us make man in our image. Uh, the us there, how would you describe that us? Because um, uh, especially in terms of uh, like, so that's a plural word, right? Us. But isn't there a plural authoritative that just it, it, it comes across as plural, but it's just for emphasis? Or can you describe that a little bit? Yeah, it's the same thing with Elohim. And it's the um, even not necessarily plurality, but even like wisdom that's even talked about in Proverbs 8, where it's in the feminine. A lot of people don't understand Hebrew and you can't take Hebrew the same way that you take uh, the English language. It's not right. going to work. So uh, for instance, um, there is, um, I remember it's, I don't remember the, the Hebrew word exactly. Um, but yes, a lot of people will take that, let us make man our own image. Ah, yes, that's the person of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all communicating with each other of how to create everything. Or um, a lot of Jews, um, well, some some Jewish commentary will say that it was God talking to his divine counsel. But yes, to mm -hmm. your point, the plurality doesn't necessarily mean literally plural. And I always bring up this example. So I'm pretty sure there are a lot of people who are familiar with um behemoth behemoth is you know mm -hmm. behemoth and leviathan leviathan's like <clears throat> excuse me king of the ocean animals right i believe it's mentioned four times um and then behemoth is only interest uh, mentioned once and it's actually in job so job. Yep. um it, um so yeah uh job uh, sorry i was looking for it uh 40 15 so um look at behemoth which i made along with you and which feeds on grass like an ox um and basically from 15 all the way down, it basically describes this giant uh, type thing, which a lot of people say it's a hippopotamus um, I, with the with the cedar tail. I almost maybe it's a type of dinosaur. I don't know. But I'm here's calling the dinosaur. Thing. I'm calling I call dinosaur. dinosaur. Brontosaurus, <laughs> yeah. actually. 
it, you know, it, but so it's interesting. So this word in Hebrew only appears once throughout the entire Hebrew Bible. And so it's uh, Strong's 930 for anyone that wants to look at it. And it's Behemoth where um, it's coming. It's the plurality of the word Behemoth. Behemoth literally just means like an ox or a cattle or a water ox. So when, when we have the plurality of Behemoth, it's literally oxes. But we see how Job is writing. He's not talking about many oxes or many cattle. He's talking about one, but it's in the plural because it's so magnificent. It's so yeah. powerful. It's so big. It's like, this is one thing you do not want to mess with. So the plurality here is being used to talk about how enormous this is. So to, to your point, absolutely. The plurality can be used to talk about the, the strength, the power, the glory, because especially if we're talking about Yahweh, yod heh vav -Hey, he is the God of gods, as it's described in Deuteronomy, Daniel, and Psalms. He is right. like the, the head honcho. So, of course, some some words in the Hebrew was going to be plural to describe him. It only makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good example, and I hadn't heard the the call to behemoth on that, so I think that's cool. Yeah, because when you read that from 15 to uh, the rest of 24, it's it's literally talking about one single animal, even right. though the original word is plural. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, I think too the the idea that you know Messiah was there at the foundation of the of the planet. So it's, it's possible. It could be, could be either is kind of the, the thing, but it, but it doesn't, it doesn't have to mean Trinity essentially is the point. And, and so, you know, and I think this is, you know, one reason why I think a lot of people like me is kind of like how you guys were alluding to was I am completely honest. It absolutely could be the father talking to the son or it could be him talking to the divine council, or it can literally just be him talking about how powerful God is. Right. It's important for all of us to look at all angles of this instead of just saying, Trinity, yep, there it is. Yeah, and I, it's right there. I think, yeah. I think it's, it gets dangerous when we start pretending we know for a fact a lot of things that you can't really know for a fact. When there's yeah. multiple rational logical conclusions that could be drawn um to say you know for a fact it just isn't realistic i think a lot of times yeah and so I, think, I think if people need to be honest with themselves about what they do and don't know or can and can't know yeah and i think you should be leery if somebody comes across and like i know this this is true <laughs> about some of these things you know i'm like uh i don't know now <laughs> let's be honest there are some things that are very you basic and very knowable and right. it's very clear it, it, well, it, there's no debate. It's black and white. It's it's yeah. It's um even there was um a young young kid um on a live and he was arguing the Trinity. You know he goes to John one one and well it says at the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. So the Word's God and there's only one God. So it has to be the Word. And we finish reading John. It's it's the Word. And I ask him what are, what are the five forms of Greek? He doesn't know. I ask him, why is one in the accusative, one's in the nominative? I don't know. Why does one say tonteon, the other says theos? I don't know. It's like, well, 
you really don't know that. Mm. What is, so it's, it's, what is what is God? Yeah, what does that word <laughs> even mean? Yeah, yeah. So he had a just, title. Great. You do, you've just proved he had a title. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, is it my turn? Um, if you have questions that aren't the end, then yes, go I ahead. Have a question. Okay. So, so I had a question about. Um, we were talking about the Torah community a little bit, and what do you see is uh, maybe the biggest issue that uh, in the Torah social media world? You know, what's the biggest issue that we're facing out there, or do you see one? You know, I I do. Um. I think it's it's a lot of the people coming into Torah, um, a lot of the a lot of the young people. So there is um, when when a lot of these people come in with teachings that they just randomly find on the internet or something, and they just they run with it. That's um, fact, right? It, it does bother me a lot. So um, I, I get it. You know, I think a lot of people when they find out some things aren't true, like the Sabbath. Um, heaven and hell, the Trinity, uh, other, other things that aren't, that the Bible doesn't necessarily agree with. I think what happens is they, they get angry. And then when they hear something like Christmas is pagan, they, they run with it or Jesus is pagan. And you know, they, then what happens is they'll go on the sites and they, they look it up and, and they get fed a lot of misinformation. I'm not saying everything is necessarily false. But they, they almost come like a, a, a Torah terrorist where um, then, then they'll read something then, oh, if um, you don't wear your seats, you're going to hell or that's an unforgivable sin and, and, and little things like that. So th there's actually one guy, um, he's an author, he's, you know, no one really on uh, social media. His name is Lou White. And I, I don't care for a lot of the stuff that he says. So uh, for instance, he says, you know, Yeshua um, or like Isus, like how we have in the in the Greek, he he believes that that's a pagan name because it sounds like hail sounds like Zeus. Zeus. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. And and, and <laughs> he'll bring that up. However, the um uh the uh, what is it uh, the, the hail part in Greek is actually what is it um it's a uh, um halazi. So it, it's not even hail. This is what we call an equivocation fallacy. This has nothing to do with the word hail or praise Zeus. Because if it was, it would be halazi instead of just hail, how we sound in the English. It just sounds like it. So it must be it, which is completely yeah. wrong. And we have this person who writes these books, does these. And I know a lot of tour observers who have his books. I have his books just so I can point out to other people <laughs> this is incorrect. Um, I, I really feel like, or they'll say that the, the, I just saw this one the other day. Um, I had to talk to a sister in private about this where um, the star, my wife is Jewish, by the way, just a little context. So um, she believes that the star of Remphem that's mentioned in the Bible is the star of David, and but it's actually not. And scholars dis have discussed this. It's an eight-point star. It is not the six. Now, can the six be from Pagan? Sure. I, I don't know. But it's not the star of Remphem. We, we do know this. And this is from many scholar sources. This They have pulled up ancient texts that, that show this. 
but we'll have some random guy on the internet say one thing or the other, and a lot of people just run to them. I feel like people coming into the Torah Observant Movement really need to humble themselves, read the Torah, understand the Torah, understand there's a Masoretic text, there is a Septuagint, there is a Dead Sea Scroll, there is the Alexander Codex, understand some of the original things. Then understand some of the traditions, but always go to a type of scholar source. Don't go to some weird website with a bunch of letters in it, numbers <laughs> that, that someone just sends you that you just that you just go to or say, hey, look what I found, you know. So yeah. I, I feel like um, to have a better idea of things is um, and not just just running and hearing like. Santa, Santa wears a red suit because um, he, he's actually Satan who lives in hell. If we mix up the letters of Satan, we get Santa. It's could that all that be true? Eh, possibly. I think it's a bad argument though. But these are the types of things that you read online. So is it necessarily true? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, I think you get a lot of the uh, uh, the ear tickling. People find sources that yes. kind of go with their preconceived notion and they run with it, and then they're like, "Yep, see." It this says it so and i think it so so it's a source yeah, yeah I, I ran into a lady that um you know she she would she believed because she had seen it unfortunately like on was it joe rogan says his name yeah that's his name and um it was about yeshua on the cross taking mushrooms to trip oh yeah and uh that's you know and, and and she believed that and i'm like what what who told you this? My Where friend, did you get this information? And but but you're right. People do uh, run out and and I also think something else that people should do is you should go through the cycle, this Torah cycle, the reading cycle, maybe two or three times. You know, maybe as many five times. You know, it, it takes some time uh, understanding it. Maybe before you go out and immediately try to start teaching something, because. Um, you know, like you said, it, 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 you should be humble and you should take your time and be methodical before you just run after. And I think, you know, something else that we want to talk about, too, is, you know, being in a fellowship. And that's the nice thing about when you're in a fellowship with other believers. You know, you can have some of these ideas and say, so hey, much. Jake, what do you think about this? And Jake's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, that's crazy, man. <laughs> and, uh, you know, show, you know, and then, you know, maybe you can flesh some of that out with another brother. You know, it's part of discipleship, you know, and it, you don't have to have like this formal program but but just normal conversations will kind of keep you in check you know if you're getting off the rails a little bit your brother's like hey let's let's look at this and you know that that's very helpful but but no that's good advice um yeah kind of like you were saying earlier about uh uh how anyone can do this if they are if they put the effort in and are disciplined it's that's what discipling is you know if you're discipling then you'll kind of hash some of this stuff out that's fringy and uh yeah so um so typically what we would say is hey look look at what paul did uh when he's struck the first thing he does is he goes back to sinai and it's like do that when you when you're new to this do that go back to sinai figure out what you're supposed to know get to know yahweh for real and then then go from there yeah yeah, yeah. And that's essence, you know, what uh, was said in Acts and in, in Acts where he says, you know, go, go hear Moses preached in the synagogues yeah. and, and, and they'll fill in the rest. Yeah. So. 
So then, so I saw, oh, do you have any questions for us that you had teased? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So are you guys DeWalt or Milwaukee? Grab it, grab it, grab it. Well, I am uh, too poor for Milwaukee, and so I'm probably more DeWalt. (laughs) But I'd like Milwaukee, and if I was made of money, I would would buy Milwaukee. I'm I'm sorry, though. You're DeWalt, because I'm going to have to leave. I'll leave. (laughs) Wait, that didn't get you. I have Ryobi's, so... (laughs) It's better than the wall. It's under the TTI umbrella. <laughs> okay. Now, see, see, yeah. that's a salvation issue that no one else brings up. You know, Yeshua's right. words were in red, not yellow. Oh, that's a good point. Good point. Good point. Good old King well, James. I read the Blue Letter Bible, <laughs> so I'm good to go with Ryobi. Yeah. <laughs> or cobalt. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> man, that backfired. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, okay, back to some real stuff. Although that was as real as it gets. I will I will give you that. But uh, so I saw, I saw you did a video of, uh, so one of my favorites is you have a nail and you're, you're pounding this nail in and you're like, it can't be done. And then you go, well, if I had a nail gun, I could shine the light from the nail gun on my nail. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah, I remember. That was yeah. well done. But so anyway, back to real content here. We're this is hot, hard hitting interview here. Okay, so <laughs> uh, you had a video about uh, not liking being called a Christian, or you had a video of a guy just going off on crazy stuff saying some pretty uh uh disturbing things and making comments about people and so one of the things that comes up is i think the easiest way to kind of understand the the argument would be if you don't want to be called a christian right well you know i have people that come to me and they say well that just means christ-like and of course the people's telling me that are not following what messiah followed but but the point is they're saying, well, you just want to be Christ-like. And yeah, like I was saying, the example would be, so like when the Catholic Church has priests that are doing the the Fu Manchu and people say, well, aren't you going to disassociate yourself from the Catholic religion because of that? And it's like, well, the religion doesn't teach that. That guy, I don't follow him. I follow, you know, the religion basically. So... Kind of your thoughts on that because you had that video out that, that I had seen. Yeah, I, I know what your video you're talking about. And um, it's really sad because not just that individual, there's been other individuals where, um, um, but yeah, with, with, with that individual, you know, um, when you, when you're cussing out another, another individual, just because he disagrees with you. And when you talk about his family members, you know, um, that's a despicable human being. You're a despicable yeah. human being. If we disagree, we disagree and let's talk about it. Um, but right when it goes into ad hominem attacks, it's, it's, it's not cool. Um, I was actually on another live, uh, where, you know, it's a whole bunch of Christians where we're, we're talking about the early church fathers and, 
they're actually what they were bringing up was the you know uh, eternal and everlasting differences. And I brought up there was um, um what was it Justin Martyr, um, Irenaeus, uh, Clement of Alexandria, Tertullian, uh, Hippolytus, um, Origen, all these all these guys that basically diss the um, the Trinity. And the entire thing is shut up, Will. You're fat. It's it, it turned into that like. And, and you know everyone's laughing like you're so fat <laughs> it's it, now at least I, it was I, a strong attack <laughs> no. well you know i i don't care what you say about me you know but it's just like well please answer uh, the question like sure i'm fat okay cool I, i'm not i'm not the guy you know i'm not your type is that it i don't you know who knows yeah now who that cares. you got that out of your system now yeah back to, back <laughs> to, back really to real feel. life you know so um but but with stuff like this, I feel like it's getting more of the majority. If we disagree, it comes out with name callings, it calls it's heretics and stuff like that. And when we when we look at the word, for instance, when we look at the word Muslim, Muslim, you know, I'm not a, I don't I'm, I wouldn't identify as a Muslim. I don't think you guys would identify as Muslim. But what is the definition of a Muslim? Someone who follows yeah. God. So, I mean, I follow God. You guys follow God, but you don't call yourself Muslim. Well, why? Because of what's carried on with the word Muslim, what we, the, the, the common term when we associate with Muslim, someone who is, um, who follows the religion of Islam, that's more of a correct definition. So when we have Christianity now, it's either you are Catholic, Orthodox, or, um, you know, part of the Protestant Reformation, you know, with Bap Baptist, you know, Calvinism, you know, all that other protesting uh, Catholic. Yeah. Right, right, right. So when you're with that, though, uh, you you would all agree, though, on what early church fathers said at certain councils. So for me to say I'm a Christian, but I don't believe if you're good, you go to heaven, bad if you go to hell. I don't believe in one guy, three persons of co-eternal, co-this and that, three omnis. I don't believe in Lucifer. I don't believe in the, um, you know, all these other things that that mainstream christianity believes in i think it's what's easier is i'm torah observant torah observant already basically has that niche of i follow the torah and i do my best to follow the torah yeah that, that's it because right off rip people will say oh yeah you're you're torah observant you follow the torah and you know i'll get some people like oh you follow it for salvation and I have to correct them. No, I follow it because of salvation. Salvation comes through Yeshua, and I show my love and appreciation by listening to my father's commands, just as my Mashiach did. So, but people already know, they already have that understanding of a Torah observer. Or um, sometimes I will say that I am messianic, but I believe in Yeshua. Then you already know what I believe. If I'm messianic, I'm basically a Jew. You know, but I believe that Jesus is the Messiah. So that already answers your question. I don't celebrate Christmas or Easter. I already celebrate the feast days. I I eat kosher. I, that already fills in everything instead of me saying I'm a Christian. But yeah, yeah yada, and yada. then you have all those stipulations to to what you're labeling. Yeah, it's just a it's just an inferior labeling system is is what it yeah. amounts to. And, and and kind of going back to your point, like when people say, well, when, when some when one person does it wrong, it doesn't mean we have to abandon the entire faith. True. But I feel like when if we're seeing 90 percent of this 
as the majority, then that's what it basically is. You know, you look, there are many people out there who are Christians, who are genuine, good people, good hearted people who truly love God. There are absolutely there are. Yeah. But it's, it's slim to none. And me and because of that, you can't identify with the minority. You know, when we talk about like first century Judaism or, um, you know, there was a belief of two, two powers in heaven. Um, with, but that was the minority, you know, when we think of Christians, um, we don't think of, um, Jehovah witnesses or Mormons, even though they'll call themselves Christians. Why? Because they're just the minority. They're not the whole grand scheme of things. So that's why Mm -hmm. me, I I don't like being called a a Christian, especially what I just see on TikTok of, Hey, there's going to be eight of us. We're going to invite one person who we disagree with. We're going to call him names. We're going to cuss at him. We're going to interrupt him. We're going to talk about his family. That's just something I just don't want to be a part of. Yeah, Yeah. no, no. And it does seem like there is definitely a lot of people, uh, a lot of hate sometimes that people want to throw with Torah pursuant, Torah observant kind of people. And, uh, and, and I would say you do kind of have to walk a fine line. And, and if you're, if you're somebody listening to this and you're caught up in doing all this argument uh, with some of these people, you know, maybe you, sometimes you need to walk away from that for your own health, for your own sanity, you know, don't get stuck in those arguments. So circular arguments with people who you're probably not going to convince uh, anything otherwise, but, but, um, but it's healthy to have conversations like this, like what we're doing together and, and, uh, being, uh, having normal conversations with like-minded people and don't get bogged down all the time in the, the negative side of all this. Yeah. So. And it is good to have discussions with, uh, people that don't think the way sure, you do, sure. <clears throat> just realizing that there is a time and a place to shake the dust off your feet, you know? No, yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I, you know, um, there's a guy who's, who's an Orthodox Christian. His name is Nico. I consider him a really good brother. There's another guy, Jehovah witness. His name is Bo on TikTok. I consider him a really good brother. Um, there's a guy, a Catholic guy, his name is Mike. I consider him a brother. There's a Protestant Mitch. So I have people who I disagree with, but they're good, genuine people who I like to hang out with and we'll, we'll bounce ideas off each other. It's not just, you know, I think too many people like to be in the echo chamber. They don't like to yeah. be mm-hmm. challenged, but you should be challenged. If you believe in something, you should be able to explain why you believe in this. Yeah. And if, if you can't, well, you should think about it. You know, there's a reason why we're not. Yeah. 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 No, that's, that's an excellent point. So the, Another question I had for you is re- recently I saw that you had um, you went on a little field trip with another Torah observant person uh, <laughs> that some people out there might know, Nate. And uh, I was just curious if you're if you're planning on doing more of that or was that just a one off kind of thing? So, you know, I, um, you know, uh, Nate followed me. I remember when he when he first followed me and I was shocked. You know, the guy's at he's at three point four million right now as yeah. of um, what October 24th. He's at 3.4 million, um, and he's only following like a thousand people. And I was one of them. I was so I was so happy. So you know, uh, he's been on a live with me before, and um, you know, I, I hit him up, and um, 
what's it called? I, uh, I just let them know like, Hey dude, you know, if you need any plumbing done, you know, don't, I don't mind, you know, helping you out because, you know, he, he's, he's off grid. He, the, his only income is from, you know, TikTok and YouTube and any type of sponsorship. So, you know, Hey, I, I feel very blessed. Um, yeah, this has been amazing to me. So anything else, anything I can, you know, do for you. And he hit me up and he's like, Hey, you know what? I got to pick your brain. I got to make a, my own, uh, water heater. So that, mm. so I went out, we, tested it out and uh, yeah i didn't flood his house so he said i can come back so yeah was very, i was excited <laughs> about that um but uh um no yeah it, it was awesome it was a it was a blessing to hang out with him yeah yeah that's awesome yeah it's pretty amazing you know and i think he's got a channel that just runs the um that just has his little mower and he's got a camera Thanks. on it all the time and then he has a thing for minion and <laughs> so Hey, you don't, you don't, you guys don't want to know how much a month he makes from the lawnmower. Okay, crazy. crazy. You, you'll be sick. You'll be sick. Yeah, You're going to throw it up and buy your own. Yeah, well, because I've been landscaping for a while and about uh, four years ago, we the company I was working for, I, I brought in some robotic mowers and we started exploring, you know, how we could do that. And, you know, we did some setups and yeah, I, I never even thought about putting a camera on one like that. It's pretty, pretty ingenious. So that's awesome. Yeah. You have one more? There you go. Oh, and then I have one more question here. So, so something that that I come across and, and Jake comes across this and, and some of the people in our fellowship come across, you know, we run across a lot of homeless people and um, and you know, you, you know, just in your day to day, you know, on street corners and things. And not that this topic is homeless, but it does make me think, uh, you know, when I was a part of regular church, I I had a, you know, like a contribution. I had a regular tithe. And so do you have any good ideas or you have anything that works for you for uh, how do you give back to uh, people in poverty? Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts you're willing to share about that, but it's just just a personal question, something I'm curious about. So this, this, this is something, um, I've never told, I've only told one other person, um, just to give them encouragement. Um, I don't like to share this just because I don't want people to be like, you know, I'm doing this for clout or anything like that, but, um, you know, I, I'll, I'll be happy to share. So I get very concerned about, um, the churches or even um, other places that use the money for charity or anything like that. It's because, you know, you, you'll read in the news, oh, this person stole yeah. X amount of money. So so what I do is, and I encourage a lot of people to do this, um, you know, I, I, I live in a nice area, um, but there are some places by, you know, off the highway or whatever, I'll, I'll see someone, you know, and I, I don't give them money, but whatever's around, I'll ask them like, what do you, what are you hungry for? You know, they'll tell me like, Oh, um, if there's a subway right there, like, well, I, I, I like the, um, you know, the, the beef sandwich, you know, I'll ask them what they wants on it. You want this? Okay. And then if there's a Walmart or somewhere, I'll like, 
not to be weird, do you need maybe underwear or socks or maybe an undershirt? Do you need a good jacket or something? You know, and I'll, you know, they'll, they'll tell me, you know, yes, I'm good on a jacket. Or you're like, you know what? I, I could use a warm one and um, whatever, whatever they tell me they need. And, you know, pants size, I'll ask for the pants size, tell me what shirt size and I'll go and I'll spend anywhere from, you know, 75 to a hundred bucks, you know, um, and I'll, I'll be back in like 20 minutes. It's, it's all in a big bag. And I say, here you go. Have a blessed day. You know, <laughs> there, there's a verse in the Bible. Um, I, well, I'm drawing a blank right now. I think it's in uh, James. I think it's in James. Where it basically, it, it, I'm paraphrasing, obviously. It basically says, you know, don't just say, like, be well, God is with you. Mm -hmm. Do something for them. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think that's the best way because you don't necessarily want to give the, give out money just because, you know, you do see people will use it for um, bad causes. Um, but I, I think a nice, a nice meal for the day and that could possibly carry on for the next day and some new clothes will just help revive them. And the reason why I don't talk about this or tell people is I, I see a lot of videos of people doing nice things and I think they're doing it for clout, but I don't get on them because even if they are doing it for clout, they're, they're still doing something nice and honorable for someone else. Um, mm -hmm. But with Yeshua, he, he talks about doing it in secret. You know, don't be like yeah. the Pharisees that go on the corner who purposely dirty their face and make it look like they've been fasting for 10 days when they've only been fasting for one. Don't be like them where they do everything out in public. Do everything behind closed doors. Because at the end of the day, we want to be like Job to where if Satan ever challenges God, he can say, look at my servant, Will. He goes out with his money and he, he does this nice thing for this person and then he's gone. He never sees this person again. This person has no idea who he is. He just drove a white Hyundai. That's all I know. And he's mm -hmm. gone. You know, and I, I think that is the best thing someone can do. Now, I'm not saying that you have to spend all this money. And if you're, you're, you're short on cash and you can only afford maybe a sandwich, go there are McDonald's everywhere. You can spend yeah. five bucks and get someone a yeah, fried yeah. Yeah, you could even give him your own sandwich. You know, I've done that before. If I had an apple, a water bottle, whatever you got, you know, especially here in Texas, it's hot and you see somebody on the side of the road. You know, I'm I'm in the, in the trades as well, and I'll often have a ice chest full of water uh, and ice in the summer. And I'm, I'm reaching and grabbing, you know, a couple of water and Gatorade and, um, you know, because that's, that's clearly they're hot and thirsty. But, you know, something that I've been – I'm glad you said that because something I've been kicking the tires on and, and this is maybe people listening to this. Maybe you've got some ideas on how to do this. I believe there is a gentleman that has a ministry somewhere on the East coast who's tour observant. And I've tried to, I'm trying to set up a conversation with him because this is his whole thing. And uh, he makes basically homeless care packages. And so in our group, it's something we've kind of kicked the tires on about getting some bags together or something and, and, and coming up with a list of items of things we can put in that bag, you know, uh, like hand wipes and, you know, it would be nice to have some kind of a copy of the Torah even or something, something like that to put in there, but chapstick and, you know, maybe even like nail clippers, tweezers, just, just, 
things that you might someone might need um, and, and be able to have handy bags that you could have with you on your person at all times and and just be able to hand them out because I think especially we're coming into that season where we're going to see more and I know where you live it, it's cold and uh, you, you know and the, the people being out in the elements and I do think we need to be mindful and I think 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 we're that we should be uh, doing something for them and you're right about giving them cash I've definitely given people cash and I know that you know that wasn't always the right thing, uh, and it's better to give them more things that they, that are practical that they need that they can use. So I appreciate you sharing that. Thank yeah, you. definitely. Yeah, it's kind of the same same as Matt. You know, it's uh, I think, it, and what you're saying, I think it's better to give something that's that's practical, something useful. And, and if you are listening to this and you have some ideas, maybe you do something, please let us know. We, we'd love to, you know, if you've got something that works for you. And, you know, I've heard about people carrying like McDonald gift cards in their wallet and uh, being able to hand those out. And, and um, you know, that's OK. But, you know, McDonald's is terrible for you. So <laughs> I, I won't probably want to give them something better than McDonald's. But hey, you can get a salad. But but still, it's food. So. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's some, a, that's a, that's a good idea. Yeah. So, if anybody has any ideas, we're we're open to 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 definitely some suggestions and and uh, and I think it's something good to talk to. You know, if you're in a fellowship or in a group of believers, you know, it's a good conversation to have because we all have had those experiences, and if we don't talk about it, you know, we've all been in. You know, the other thing that I think is important when you're in those situations to to, to listen and obey what 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 God is telling you to do because. Uh, unfortunately for me, I've been in those situations and I've heard him say something that I didn't want to do and I didn't do it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. you, you know, cause sometimes you're like, Oh, I, I can't do that. <laughs> and, uh, and, and that's something that we have to work on and being, being, uh, willing to, to do what he's asked us to do. And, you know, he may have put somebody right in front of you and it may even not be about that person. It may actually be about you. It may be some lesson he needs you to learn. Yeah, and I think uh, that's an important point you make about uh, how um, it's sad that you can't necessarily trust an organization to to work it out without skimming off the top or, or whatnot. And so it's kind of kind of a sad state of affairs, but it's a fallen world, and that's what you, what what else are you going to expect? I guess that's actually one of the reasons why my parents uh, we ended up leaving one of the churches because. It got leaked um, while my dad was on the worship team. The one guy was dating the pastor's daughter, and they found out what this 18-year-old kid. I mean, I, I, what from what I've heard from someone else, and I mean, it might be wrong, but it was almost three times the amount that my dad was making. And wow. it's not that he, it's not my, you know, my dad is is someone who who doesn't care about the money, but it's like why are we paying this kid three times more than what I'm getting paid when this money should be used for homeless homelessness or, or something like that, where someone else can benefit, not some 18 year old kid who can easily get a job anywhere to make money. Yeah. 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 And, and I do recommend like, if you're going to give, if you feel like you've got to give to a large organization, you should go to something like charity checker. There, there are several websites out there where you can check and it'll break down like what percentage goes to administrative cost and what percentage actually goes to the people who need it. And unfortunately so many of those organizations, you know, the, the, the fat cats at the top 
they're taking their their piece and then they give out you know a little bit left over you know and um so that that's the danger with some big organi- organizations and but anyway I, yeah, and i think that's important too uh, around feast days because uh you know a lot of times several of the feasts you're told to not come empty-handed and it's to to bring things for for others and uh it's yeah. supposed to be a time of giving also Right, but Jesus fulfilled the law, so I don't have to. So <laughs> we don't have. Yeah. <laughs> he also fulfilled the uh, marriage too, so we don't need to get married anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just a little I bit of humor. That, that, hey, yeah, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's good. <laughs> well, um, Jake, do you have any other questions? No, I mean. Uh, it was good to have you on and it was good to pick your brain about a few topics and get to know you a little better. No, uh, Will, do you have any other questions? No, um, no questions. Um, I, I do want to, th- I want to thank you guys so much. I remember when um, I think it was Matt, when you first reached out to me, I, I was, I was so happy and giddy because I'm like, wow, I'm being recognized by one of the, you know, big YouTube, TikTok people out there. Um, you guys want to interview me, you know, I, it was, I, I was, I was very happy and just looking at my life before Torah and after, you know, for someone who was very unhappy to where now, you know, um, I'm, I'm 30 years old. I own my own house. You know, I have a company and my wife is a stay at home mom. Yeah, that's awesome. God has blessed me enough. I have two beautiful children and I, it's, to where the Torah has, has taken me is just, it, it, I'm going to cry if I keep talking. So go ahead. <laughs> Get, him no. talking. Get him talking. Yeah, no, that, that, that's, that's a great testimony. And, and I think it's good for us to meet like this and talk and, and build community because, you know, people can get in their own little camp and they, they don't realize that there's a lot of us out there. And, you know, every given Shabbat, there are millions of people around the world doing the same thing, reading the same scripture, having the same argument, trying to figure out the same thing you're figuring out. And there is great power in that. And and it's amazing to be a part of that. And, you know, every Shabbat we get to do that. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate that uh, mainstream Christianity doesn't understand the beauty of the Torah portions and the beauty of the unity that's found in that, you know, because here you have congregations like ours, which is, you know, a home fellowship to Messianic congregations, you know, all kinds of different uh, versions of the same thing, doing the same thing at the same time. So we're honored to to meet you and to be able to talk to you about these things. And it's refreshing to to see uh, somebody young uh, like yourself and, and doing so well. Jake is young too, but I'm not anymore. I'm not. Oh, well, well, guys, I, I just turned 30. I just turned 30. I'm, I'm old, you know, I'm already feeling in my joints, you know, I'm like 30 is the new old, you know, I don't know how old <laughs> yeah, you guys are. No. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, that's right. But, yeah. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up here. And uh, if you'll stay on the line, we want to let this finish recording before we get out of it. And so we'll continue to talk to you for a minute. But uh, but Jake and I are going to wrap it up. And this is Matt and Jake signing out. And uh, we ask that you to go follow Will Walkie. Go look him up in YouTube. Do you, do you have a thing in YouTube? I thought I saw something in YouTube. Yes, I do. Okay. Well, there you go. And, uh, and, and, uh, and how do they find you in YouTube? I just look up Milwaukee. It's like Milwaukee, but an upside down M. Okay. And, uh, Same thing. 
Yep. And uh, TikTok also. Yeah. So, so go follow him, go check out his content and, uh, well, we appreciate your time today and we hope you have a great evening. Hey, thanks you guys too. Shalom. Shalom. Shalom.